The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. This is the game preview for week three. The home opener for the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. I am joined to talk about this game by my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Matthew Lane. Hello, my friend. Nice to have you back on the podcast in town. We miss the hair. It's looking floofy. It's looking nice. It's you're rocking it today. So thank you for joining. <laughs> it's us all here. it's all over the place, man. I appreciate you calling because this is just like I got like it's just all over the place. Also, why I have a deep tone in my voice? Is this uh, this is a new this is a new thing well, for me? Listen, I think deep was a bit of a stretch. It's just your podcast <laughs> voice. You go from talking like Kent to talking like CNN newscaster. <laughs> it's this true. is CNN. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, I think that was uh, Barley Op. Find him on Twitter at Barley Op, Craig Stout. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm just happy that I'm not hosting the podcast anymore. Kent can go back to his rightful place, asking all the questions, keeping the flow going. I, I, Dunking I'm, on I'm, Maddie. But yes, yes. All of that. Uh, you, can, you can have that back, buddy. You don't. Miss, I, I I missed it. I missed being on the show. Uh, but I'm glad to be back for the second episode this week. I had to do some work stuff uh, down south, so I was at a conference all all week. But we're not here to talk about that. Well, we I think here we to are talk. here to talk about how the handsomeness of our host has decreased, the usefulness, yeah. the life skills of our host has decreased, and yeah. the overall Hollywoodness of this podcast is trending downhill. <laughs> I don't hold a candle to stags, man. I, don't oh, I was talking about Craig since he was the host. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Well, let's let's go ahead and get on the uh, three storylines on both sides of the football. Uh, offensively, we're going to start there as we do every week because, of course, you got to start with the offense. One of the things defense that we is better. Have... No, it's not. You shut your mouth. Uh, one of the things that we've been talking about noticing lately. Special teams? No, Tobe? but there has been a there's been a heavy push on special teams if you've watched the franchise this week. Hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, players that have had a lot of success early on for the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey's got a hundred yard name to his uh, game to his name. Demarcus Robinson has a near two hundred yard game to his name. Sammy Watkins has a near two hundred yard game to his name. 
McCole Hardman almost had a two touchdown game with over a hundred yards, except for a holding penalty. There's just there's all kinds of explosive plays happening. A lot of people are finding success in these first two weeks. So I'm going to ask you this question, Matthew. We're going to start with you. Who eats this week against Baltimore? I think all of the players will partake in some form of eating ritual before and after the game. <laughs> but um, no, during the game. I think this is one where you might see a running back, a LaShawn McCoy, especially if Damian Williams isn't healthy, get a few extra targets. They're going to probably have to keep the Ravens a little bit more just down to earth in terms of being able to have some success running the ball, a few more rushing attempts than they had against the Raiders. Make sure the Ravens are playing both the run and the pass at all times. Slow down that pass rush. So McCoy could be a guy that has a few extra receptions, targets at least, few more rushes especially if he's the only kind of vet running back that's going to be available yeah and if Damian Wilson or Damian Williams was going to probably play this week I I would have picked him this Ravens defense isn't the same against the run and covering out of the backfield now that they don't have CJ Mosley again um I I'm gonna go with Sammy Watkins I think that this is a Sammy Watkins game. I think that they're going to be focused on trying to take away Travis Kelsey in the center of the field. I think Sammy Watkins is going to get a little bit less attention because of that on the outside. The Ravens' corners are very good, but we saw you know, Sammy Watkins take care of A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey when they played against the Jaguars. Ravens' corners aren't as good as those two, so... I'm going with Sammy this week. I think Pat is going to try and lean on him a little bit more. Last year against Baltimore in December, Tyreek Hill, eight catches for 139 yards, obviously got hurt. That big fourth and nine play, he did make that play still, despite basically playing on one foot. Second in catches and second in targets, Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. I think Travis Kelsey eats this week. I think this is a game... I remember last year, they I think they isolated Kelsey on the backside in the Y-ISO look like they do all the time. I think they threw an up-and-down ball into the end zone. I think he had a touchdown there, similar to what you just saw this week. So you've seen Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes connect in similar fashion, I believe. So I'm going with, I'm going with Travis Kelsey again. Uh, I'm going with Travis Kelsey again this week. All right. We got to talk about the running back position. We've already alluded to it a little bit with Maddie talking about LaShawn McCoy, but it's getting a little dicey here. Uh, it, it sounds like Damian Williams may not be available this week because of some of the injuries. It looks like he's, I think, uh, limping around pretty heavily. I think that was out there on Twitter. Uh, and LaShawn McCoy was limited today in practice, it being Thursday. So they are, you know, they're a little thin at the running back position. Craig, are you concerned about the running back group? Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, they had hoped would practice on Wednesday, and he wasn't able to go. And then he also wasn't able to, or and then he was limited on Thursday. So that's not that's not a good sign for a guy that they're probably going to want to force to carry the load a little bit. Daryl Williams got in the game at the end, you know, for a single snap against uh, against the Raiders this past week. I know everybody wants to see more Darwin Thompson. I'm just not sure 
if he's going to be ready for all that. The Ravens are going to bring all kinds of crazy blitzes. They're going to try and bring, you know, confuse the offensive line and try and bring pressure from everywhere. Hit Patrick Mahomes. Try and, you know, especially since he's going to be a little less mobile. I don't know if that's great for Darwin Thompson having to pick up things in pass pro. Not that he necessarily can't do it, but because they're going to bring exotic stuff, that's probably not the best situation for him to walk into week one. I definitely think you get a lot more LaShawn McCoy in terms of just like a feature running back role if Damian Williams is unlikely to go. They're going to use Darwin Thompson. I think... Not that they've kept him under wraps, but I think they've hesitated to put him in in late-game situations because they don't want to put a lot of stuff that they're going to do with him on film for other teams as the year gets later on, and they're going to need his kind of dynamic ability. But at the same time, he's also a rookie. Like Craig said, holding onto the ball, ball security, trying to pick up blitzes, extra rushers. These are things that usually take time in the NFL to pick up against a team like the Ravens, who is going to throw a lot of stuff at you. You really are going to use Darwin Thompson as much as you can when you can predict what the Ravens are going to do. That way you can use him in a very specific role. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a dynamic play or two here, but LaShawn McCoy is probably going to get the bulk of all the work. You might even get a little bit more Daryl Williams this week just because they might need a little bit bigger, stronger back, especially if they don't trust Darwin Thompson the whole time. Yeah, I I know it was really fun to watch Darwin Thompson chop guys down, but it's not a sustainable approach to pass protection in the National Football League. You can't just be that guy. And he got swallowed up by guys that could free rush right into him, and it just didn't end well. And it's okay. It's it is what it is. There, I kind of wonder if Daryl Williams doesn't get a little burn this week. Uh, you alluded to it here just a second ago, Maddie. I wouldn't be stunned if this is a little bit of a Daryl Williams game to kind of help spell McCoy and honestly McCoy we don't know for sure if he's going to be able to go or how functional he's going to be this week and if that's the case I kind of wonder if Daryl Williams gets more run this week frankly I this is I this is a kind of game I would prefer the big physical running back like Daryl Williams I think he can do an okay job in pass protection uh I and I mean I'm, I'm not saying just completely not use Darwin, but this would just be a very big game to just throw him into the fire like that. Okay. Offensive line. We've seen this group. It's, it's had its rough moments. It looked really bad this week. Uh, Cam Irving trying to run the football to Cam Irving was awful. Uh, I don't know if the entire offensive line in general has been particularly good. Uh, you know, Maddie, I think you mentioned, you know, after week one, you you wanted to see them gel. You wanted to see them, you know, kind of get into a rhythm. And it doesn't seem like they are remotely there. And part of that has to do with Eric Fisher's exit from the starting lineup. And he's he just went into surgery. Um, I'm just going to ask you, Maddie, how do they fix this? And there's not going to be a quick fix. They still need – you can tell when a team runs a stunt, if there's a blitz coming that's not direct, that's shown pre-snap – this offensive line is a lot of times scrambling to pick it up. They seem like they're still trying to figure out what they're doing, who's taking on what. And now when you throw Cam Irving out there, I understand that he had a relatively effective game as a pass protector, not giving up a pressure or a sack. He doesn't look good as an offensive tackle. He doesn't move like an offensive tackle needs to move in space. You can really tell that because the Chiefs started sliding protection to help him a lot more than they ever did for Eric Fisher or they do for Mitchell Schwartz. So now you're entering another guy on there on a team that's or a unit that's already not gelling well together. 
Their run blocking has been relatively atrocious across the board. Part of that scheme related with so many RPO looks rather than just straight run plays, but they're just doing a terrible job of getting their spacing right, not allowing, not being on different levels, allowing defenders to shoot gaps between them. It just doesn't look like they're playing as a unit. Now you're downgrading arguably the most important position at left tackle with another new guy out there. It's just it doesn't spell success going forward, at least in the short term. Yeah, and that's tough uh, for a quarterback that is typically mobile but is not going to be able to be as mobile. We'll have to see if maybe Andy Reid tries to shift the pocket a little bit more towards Mitchell Schwartz, try and move away from some of the quick rushes that might come off of Cam Irving's side. You know, maybe not run the ball that direction as often, you know, something like that. But I, you know, I, Matt kind of hit everything. Matt, you said something before we got started and you kind of alluded to it there the RPOs. Why, why is it difficult? Explain to the people why it's difficult for offensive linemen blocking for RPOs when that's your sort of the thing that you do the most? So I think everybody knows what an RPO is now. It's the read pass option. There's going to be a pass and a run play active at the same time. You're reading the quarterback is reading the defense, determine what's going to happen. Well, the offensive line doesn't get to read the defense in the same way. They're following through a blocking protocol that they have set up for that particular play call no matter what. If the play call is a longer developing route concept to go with the RPO, which the Chiefs have done a lot more this year than two years ago than last year, it's not all slants and bubbles. They now have some real depth on some of these RPO looks. You're an offensive lineman. If you're run blocking on that play, you can only go about a step downfield. Then you kind of have to hold off just in case that long pass is coming in. You don't want to get an illegal man downfield. So if Mahomes hands the ball off, these linemen, they're getting in the best position they can to run block. But they don't know who has the ball. They don't know if it's a pass. They don't know if it's a run until the play keeps going. It's hard to get proper positioning and really attack a defense as a blocker when you don't know what's going to happen. I, I think, you know, with a lot of what they run on those run pass options is the outside zone. So they're getting with it helps them not get down the field as much. But, I mean, you're right, Maddie. Like, it might, it might be inhibiting their ability to run the football. The only thing that kind of I, – <laughs> They had success doing it last year. They ran a lot of RPOs. They were still RPO heavy last year. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying to some degree, and I, I think I agree. But at the same time, they, they, they've done this last year too. They've had success running the football with these run pass options, with, with having a pass concept tagged to their run play a lot. But uh, one thing I'm going to keep an eye on is Martinez Rankin. He's a guy that the Chiefs traded Carlos Hyde for. Uh, he top five rusher years left Carlos Hyde top five rusher in the oh, NFL Carlos Hyde <laughs> my apologies Matthew uh, top five rusher Carlos Hyde the Chiefs got a former top 100 pick from the 2018 draft for him and Martinez Rankin has experiences ta- at tackle he started three games at offensive tackle last year for the Texans now that's not saying much but I've kind of I've kind of called Martinez Rankin if Cameron Irving had hope. Like if you got Cameron Irving earlier, if you put a little bit more strength on him, I think there's some similarities to how they play, but I think there's more hope for 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 Martinez Rankin. So maybe they can get in uh and develop him and maybe he can be ready quicker uh than we think. All right, players to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Craig, start us off. Yeah, I'm going to start with DeMarcus Robinson. Let's see if last week was a fluke 
or if he can contribute in the same sort of way. Now, granted, the <laughs> the Raiders are a terrible defense, and they're not very good at covering receivers, as we saw. Uh, Earl Thomas is going to have the Ravens uh, on the same page. There's going to be a lot less blown coverages. There's going to be a lot less safeties standing there watching other players run directly in front of them to the end zone. So I do think that they'll be a little bit better organized if Demarcus Robinson can find those gaps in their zones, can beat guys, beat the press, you know, create a little space and a little separation for himself, give Mahomes that extra option there, then I think that that can really doom the Ravens. They're going to have to sort of roll some coverages again if they can start to make that connection like they like we saw against Oakland last week. I think for me, we already talked about the offensive line a little bit, but the guy I'm watching is going to be Cam Irving. I think it's a second game in there. The opponent knows that he's going to be in there. I would not be surprised to see the Ravens get a lot of Matt Judon, even Pernell McPhee lined up against Cam Irving, try to isolate them. They're going to run plenty of stunts, plenty of, plenty of games up front to take advantage of the Chiefs' horrendous stunt pickup. But I'm afraid I want to see Cam Irving be able to hold his own against these edge rushers. Because again, I, he was effective this past week. I just don't think he looks natural playing tackle. He looks off balance. He stands up very tall. He leans a ton. He ends up on the ground a ton. And it worked. Struggles to anchor. This, it worked <laughs> this past week. But the Ravens, I think, just have a little bit more nuance to their pass rush. And the guys like Matt Judon, Pernell McPhee, their power can really take advantage of what Cam Irving struggles with. And the more you put him out in space, just the, the more clunky he looks. So I, I want to see him improve because it seems like Fisher's going to be out for a little while. Okay, if you put something on tape, a defensive coordinator has to respect it. And you, they're going to stress about it. They're going to make sure that that doesn't happen again. McCole Hardman had a very good day against the Oakland Raiders, utilized in places that he can have excess, success. Vertical routes. Don't make him run the entire route tree. Get him down the field. Run a post. Run a go. Run those vertical routes that he's good at and have success. Run the deep over, whatever. Nicole Hardman, it, it, he's going to have to be accounted for now by the Baltimore Ravens. And he's going to be have to he's going to have to be accounted for moving forward. He has shown uh, a connection with Mahomes, and that's enough to stress a defensive coordinator out and make you account for it. So let's see the follow up to that. Let's see if McCole Hardman can bust one. Let's see what the Ravens are doing to try to slow down a vertical uh, vertical threat like McCole Hardman. He's always got. He's well, already got Earl Thomas's attention. So you know something's yeah. happening. True. Everybody should. I mean, I don't know how Earl's going to stop all five of the guys that the Chiefs throw out there because they can throw five players that all have an explosive play down the field in the past. According to half of NFL Twitter, Earl Thomas can cover all five of them at the same time. So you know, you know what I also, you know what I always say, Maddie. Seventy percent of the Earth is covered by water, and the other thirty percent is covered by Earl Thomas. Oh, I so, thought it was Jalen Ramsey. Oh no! I thought it was That's Charvarius only... Ward. No, <laughs> it's only Jalen Ramsey good if this the week. Chiefs trade for him. It's <laughs> only Jalen Ramsey if the Chiefs trade for him. All right, we're gonna get back to the defensive side of the football right after this. All right, let's talk about the defensive side of the football now. Got Ooh. three storylines on defense. Uh, let's start with this one. 
Uh, the Chiefs are going up against a formidable opponent. Uh, the offense of the Baltimore Ravens has had a lot of success early. I know they've played Miami. I know they've played the Cardinals, but they've looked good. They've they've had success down the field. They've had success running the football. Lamar Jackson's had success running the football. Uh, they've they present a, a unique challenge. Craig, how do you get pressure while playing disciplined uh, gap assignments in the run game too? I mean, we, we've talked a lot about gap assignments in the run game, but we haven't necessarily talked about rush lanes all that much this offseason. This is a game where you have to maintain your rush lanes. You, these guys all have to be on the same page. They've got to really be able to, you know, kind of anchor in a gap against Lamar Jackson. If you are able to get some pressure against him, you can't allow him to just step into the B gap, escape the pocket, because that's good for like a solid 8, 9, 10 yards with the way that he can move in in space there. So they've got to make sure that on some of these stunts and twists that we saw a lot more of out of Steve Spagnuolo and Brenda Daly this week, that they get to the gap, that they fill the gap, and that they stay in the gap. So they, they've just got to make sure that they – they do stay disciplined while rushing the passer this week. That's a huge thing. We've kind of talked about a little bit how Frank Clark maybe hasn't been as aggressive in terms of just turning it loose after a quarterback. This is a week, again, where he probably won't get to really just pin his ears back and just rush Lamar Jackson. He can't get too far upfield, or Jackson's so dynamic that he'll be able to slip underneath him, take and just run off, or extend the play and make a complete a pass. So it's going to be a more of a slow burn pass rush, you're going to have to rely on the coverage to hold up long enough for these guys to slowly collapse the pocket if you're going to turn it into pressure. If guys get out of these rush lanes, if guys kind of start to freelance a little bit and do their own thing, you're opening up a lot of creases. The good thing the Chiefs do have going for them this year versus years past, with less man-to-man defense, you will have more eyes on Lamar Jackson, more players willing to react quickly. They still have to catch him, and our linebackers trying to catch Lamar Jackson is probably a losing battle but they will at least be able to identify it earlier since their eyes will be on him. kind of wonder if this is a week, you know, I, I do agree, you know, it, it's kind of a, a slow, it's a slow march to the quarterback. You're trying to stay disciplined. You're trying to keep him contained. I wonder if this is a week where, you know, Steve Spagnuolo starts dialing up the creativity a little, little bit in coverage, you know, really kind of trying to throw some stuff at him, make him process through some things that he's he's maybe never seen. Uh, kind of throw some stuff at him because, you know, I obviously they started a little bit vanilla early. They've kind of started picking up a little bit, but I, I think this is a week where you maybe unload a few things that you haven't shown to this point. Actually, it's definitely a week you have to unload some things that you haven't showed to help with the uh, with the with the discipline with the pressure up front. You know, trying to keep him contained, maybe make him think a little bit longer back there. Uh, one of the things Lamar Jackson's had a lot of success with to this point is throwing the ball vertically. Marquise Brown, I think he got like eight snaps against Miami and scored like 150 or two touchdowns and 150 yards on like four catches or something ridiculous like that. The guy uh, has a lot of speed to work with. Uh, I, obviously, Maddie, this is something that they're going to have to account for. How are they going to account for guys like Antonio, or not Antonio, Marquise Hollywood Brown? I think even more than just him, you have Miles Boykin out there too, who's yeah. another really fast wide receiver who's made some vertical plays. And the Chiefs, unfortunately, aren't well-equipped in the secondary to really handle speed 
We kind of saw it last week at the beginning of the game. Tyrell Williams looked just faster than all of the Chiefs quarterbacks. So now you're going against a much faster team with Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin. They got speed out there to burn. Willie Sneed, they're going to get deep. They're going to get down the field. You're going to rely on your safety. You're kind of safety net Juan Thornhill to really hold down the middle of the field. You're going to hope that he shuts down any deep middle of the field shot. And then you really have to trust Breland and Ward not to get beat deep. You want to force Lamar Jackson to make the shorter throws, intermediate throws, make him be accurate where a few more players are. Don't give him those easy layups over the top. This is a game where I would expect to see the Chiefs to give up a few first downs by 10-yard curls rather than getting beat deep. But as long as you can prevent that deep play, I think that really plays into the Chiefs' hands here. Yeah, and it's also worth paying attention to the Chiefs may see a little more single high this week. Single high safety because of the run threat of Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. They might have Tyra Matthew more in the box this week. So that that does that means that Juan Thornhill is going to have to cover a lot of ground against some very fast receivers. That's going to be a tough ask of him. The Chiefs have to do a good job stopping the run early so that they can play some more split safety looks and be able to keep Honey Badger deep, be able to put Juan Thornhill just covering half the field because that's where they're going to be able to protect the deep ball the most. But yeah, I'm with Maddie. You You are okay with giving up the short pass this week because of the speed that they can put against the secondary. Yeah, and and make them drive down the field. The the, the you know, it get, this is kind of a Bob Sutton philosophy, but things get tighter in the red zone. Everything gets a little bit more condensed in the red zone. Let's see what they're able to do once you kind of get closer to the goal line. Maybe this is a game that you're more content with them, you know, kicking field goals here and there. And it, you're more content with giving up a field goal than, you know, I we'll see. I mean, this, this could happen though. Uh the read option Lamar Jackson, he's done a lot in the passing game this year. He's thrown as many touchdowns as Patrick LeVon Mahomes so far this season. But he's still got an ability to beat you in the run game. Craig, what are you looking for? How did the Chiefs slow down the read option game? Well, if it's just a single back read option, I think you've got to really lean on scrape exchanges. We've seen the Chiefs defensive ends have sort of, you know, gone after that running back dive, have really crashed hard on the backside of the line of scrimmage there to help blow up runs. We've seen Frank Clark and Alex Okafor make plays off the edge there. They've really got to lean on that and then scrape exchange on the outside with a linebacker. I know I'm in agreement with Matt. The Chiefs linebackers in space against Lamar Jackson, not great, but that is the way that you've got to do that. You've got to force Lamar Jackson to sort of run horizontally, carry him out to your corners, allow your safeties to come up and make plays as forced defenders in those read option looks. In the pistol, though, you really got to pay attention because they like to put a fullback or an H-back back there, somebody to kind of crack back on that on that scrape exchange, then you got to have your slot corner become an active, willing participant in the run game. We've seen that out of Tyron Matthew and Kendall Fuller so far this year. I think they can do it, but it's going to be tackling in space and making sure that you you force Lamar Jackson to cut back into the teeth of the defense when they're running those pistol looks. I'm firmly a believer that the option play, especially in the NFL level, where quarterback play is just that much more important than a in the college level, you want to make the quarterback keep the ball every time because every hit you get on the quarterback adds up. 
it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter if Lamar Jackson picks up good yards, but you would rather Lamar Jackson pick up five yards and get a hit on him than a running back pick up three yards just to get a hit on him. It's a much more important as the game goes on to lay as many hits on the quarterback as possible. I expect most option plays in the NFL end up that way. Teams try to stop the running back first. You just have to, like Craig said, have the discipline to have a linebacker, to have a nickel apex kind of cornerback defender ready to defend Lamar Jackson on the outside. And something the Chiefs do have going for them, their secondary has been really good in run support this year. Breland comes up and hits. Charvarius Ward is a very good tackler for as many woes as we have with him in coverage. He's a very good tackler. Kendall Fuller's made a lot of good tackles, a lot of good plays against the run. So you have some guys on the outside from the secondary willing to step up and make plays, and you're going to need it this week. But yeah, you want to hit Lamar as much as possible. Make him not want to run. Make him uncomfortable to throw the football. You want him to have 16 carries rather than four. Uh, I think this... I think the entire team in general is pretty good tackler. I think you can say mm-hmm. the same thing about the safety. So I do think they, they have that going for them, and I think that's been a point of emphasis uh, for Steve Spagnolo. Craig, I'm going to ask you this question. If the Chiefs are in a situation where they're scraping their linebacker over the top of, of the read option, so you know the, the edge is crashing and the linebacker is scraping, would you rather have Damian Wilson or Darren Lee scraping and playing in space? Oh man, I definitely rather have Darren Lee. I I think that Damian Wilson has looked quicker than we thought and Darren Lee hasn't looked as quick as we thought, but I do notice that from a north-south perspective, Darren Lee looks a lot better than a lot of the linebackers. He's got downhill well. He's actually been able to stack some gaps against some offensive linemen in the run game. I think that that's going to be a benefit. Line him up out there. Allow him to kind of get forward and try and beat Lamar Jackson at the outside there. Something to also watch here, Juan Thornhill has been fantastic at coming down the alley there and laying a hit on bubble screens, things like that. You cannot discount Juan Thornhill coming up and helping, even from deep, coming up and helping against Lamar Jackson in these read options. He he might make a hit on Lamar Jackson that makes him regret being out there in the flat. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I'm just I'm curious to see what decisions they make at the linebacking at the with the linebackers this week, just because of of Lamar Jackson's ability in space. But again, you know. They like to run, but they can run between the tackles too. You got to th- you got to take it all into consideration. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a challenge. I mean, it is a big challenge. Uh, okay, players to watch on the defensive side of the football. Craig, start us off. I'm starting with Tyron Matthew. I think that this is a prime game for Tyron Matthew to start to make some splash plays. I think he's going to start showing up a lot more. He's going to be asked to do a lot in run support. Like I said, they're probably going to do a lot of single high looks with Matthew in the box. I do think that he's going to be lined up even with the linebackers and kind of try and help fill some of those run gaps, particularly against the read option. He's going to be able to make more plays from that position against those types of runs. And then he's got to do a good job taking away their tight ends. They are a tight end, heavy usage team. So I think that we'll see a lot of him against Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle. They like to use those guys a lot in the passing game. Lamar Jackson, when he has to check down, if they're able to take away the deep ball, that's where Tyron Matthew can be there. Maybe he can rob some routes jump one of these, and finally make a splash turnover play against Lamar Jackson. 
you have the right position. Just, I'm going to go with a different player. I'm going to go with Juan Thornhill. <laughs> and we, we talked about him a little bit throughout this defensive segment here. I think he's going to be one of the guys in charge of really limiting the deep plays, the Hollywood Brown deep shots, the Miles Boykin, Boykin deep shots down the middle of the field. That's going to be Juan Thornhill's area, and he hasn't really been beaten badly yet. There's a potential play, you know, with the coverage bust here or there, but he hasn't just letting somebody get behind him. He's got to continue that this week. Then, like Craig said, he's done a really good job running downhill, especially on runs that get to the outside the tackle box. He's made a couple shoestring tackles that have turned, you know, seven, eight yard gain or made a play that would be 20 plus yards into a seven, eight yard gain because he comes downhill so fast. He's one of the few guys out there that I think can keep up with some of these speedy receivers. And he's a guy I got to keep my eye on this week. I'm going with Frank Clark. Uh, I I am anticipating a big game for Frank Clark this week. The energy in the building is gonna he's gonna feed off of it. I know he's. I think he's been trying a little bit too hard uh, this first couple of weeks, trying to really make an impact, live up to that contract. I think this is the week you just see him have an excellent performance, continuing to be solid in the run game. I think he gets a sack this week. Uh, I think, yeah. I You want to know something, Craig? I think Tyron Matthew gets a sack this week, too. How about that? Ooh. Now, it might just be, it might be like, you know, Frank Clark pushing Lamar Jackson out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage on it. a pass play, but, like, that's, it's happening. I'm calling it. All right, fellas. I want your score predictions for this week. Craig, start us off. I think it's going to be a little bit of a sloppy game because it is going to be raining out there. That's what the that's what's in the forecast right now. And the Ravens do still have a good defense even without CJ Mosley. But I don't think it's going to be as close of a game as everybody's predicting. I think everybody's thinking that this is going to come down to maybe the final possession similar to how it was last year with Mahomes, you know, and a hobbled Tyreek Hill without Sammy Watkins. I do think that the Chiefs Kind of set the pace early. I think Steve Spagnuolo is going to bring a little bit more exotic stuff and kind of do some good things early and allow the offense to get up big and kind of force the Ravens into specific play calls. I'm going Chiefs 27, Ravens 13. Ooh, now I think this. I'm going to have a score that's going to kind of surprise people here because I think it's going to be a lot more offensive showing, even for the Ravens, mm-hmm. than yeah. people are going to be used to in the years past. I think this Chiefs defense is still figuring it out. And the way the Ravens offense has come out so far, I don't have a ton of faith that the Chiefs defense is going to stonewall them at this point in time. I mean, Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball well. There you can still run the ball at will. This Chiefs defense has had some good moments, but they still look up and down all the time. So I still have the Chiefs winning. I don't think that the Ravens are going to score enough to keep up with the Chiefs. We have to remember, Chiefs aren't scoring below 26 points with Pat Mahomes starting quarterback. So we got the Chiefs 31, Ravens 27. I am picking a NFL-style blowout. Not 59-10. I'm picking 31-14 Kansas City Chiefs. I think the defense is going to put together an excellent performance. I think the energy in the building they're going to feed off of. Remember, this defense last year, even though they were cheeks, they still had pretty good numbers in Arrowhead. This is the home opener. The end zones are yellow. The old school mm. logo is on the, in the middle of the field. Jamal Charles mm-hmm. is banging the drum. It's yes, the sir. home opener. The Chiefs are winning this game by 17 points. The defense <laughs> makes a statement. Patrick LeVon Mahomes throws four touchdowns 
and the Chiefs win 3-0, and they start scaring teams like New England a little bit. Everybody mm. starts talking about the statement game from the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, that's going to do it for this week's game preview. We will be back to break down the Chiefs and the Ravens on Monday. Uh, our recorded Monday will be uh, up on Tuesday. Catch you later. See you out there on Sunday.